Alrighty, everybody, it's 11 a.m. in the EST, and that means that it's time for another exciting BitMart AMA. You guys literally demand these for new projects, but I'm all too happy to provide them because I love talking to new crypto projects. I love talking about what's going on in the crypto world, getting people's opinion on everything from the bear market to the metaverse, which is all too relevant for this conversation today because we have uh, Corey Kozad, I believe. I believe that's his last name. I know his first name's Corey from Luna One, um, which is supposed to be a hyper-realistic metaverse to game, earn, shop, study, work, socialize, and entertain. That will be an interesting conversation for sure. And this will also be a kind of preheating AMA because XLN token, which is a part of the Luna One platform, will only be available on BitMart starting on Halloween, October 31st. So this is truly an AMA where you're getting the information about whether you want to invest or what's going on with this new project before it actually launches instead of after usually a project launches. And uh, real quick, before we say hi to Corey and uh, get the conversation started, I want to mention that since you're a listener to this BitMart AMA, you're part of an exclusive group of listeners where you're getting information before everybody else, you're asking good questions, you're paying attention, and of course, you're supporting BitMart. And we want to reward you for that. And the reward today is $1,000 worth of XLN for 10 winners. So that's going to be approximately $100 worth of XLN each. Uh, If you are one of those winners, and all you have to do to receive that as a prize is the standard operating procedure, which is retweet the link where you found this space. Go and follow BitMart Exchange on Twitter. We're at BitMart Exchange. Go and follow Luna1 on Twitter, which is at official Luna1. Tag three friends. Fill out the Google form we have attached, and you will be in the runnings to win some of those XLN tokens, which we will find all about the use of, what you, uh, what you would want them for, uh, how they relate to this interesting metaverse platform in just one second here. Corey, are you there? Hi there, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Did I, I pronounce your last name correctly and all that stuff? You did a great job, yeah, Kozad. Yep. There we go, there we go. So that's that's all I care about. AMA is over, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's always the, uh, the hardest part. Corey Kozad, the CEO, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, the CEO of Luna One, which I've uh, just explained here was a, it's a hyper-realistic metaverse. And if you go on their website, which is lunaone.com, you will see, first I have to say, Corey, the first thing you see when you're on your website is you see what the Death Star should have looked like, like a nice Death Star that you'd actually want to live in. It's this uh, interesting space futuristic kind of sphere above Earth or some other planet where it talks about society, decentralized, explore new worlds in the Luna One metaverse, your new virtual place to connect, play, live, shop, work, study, and attend special events. So that's probably the natural place to start it off here, Corey, is you, in your own words, since you're obviously the one that knows the most about it, tell us what exactly is Luna One, how does it relate to the metaverse, and I'll let you go on as long as you want. Awesome, thank you. And can you guys hear me okay? Am I coming through okay? Oh yeah, you're great. 
Okay, wonderful. Well, the uh, what we're creating at Luna One is uh, a metaverse unlike any other. Uh, kind of already to your point, uh, you've kind of listed out. We're incorporating, you know, many facets of our daily lives into the virtual realm. Uh, so the the gaming aspect, uh, entertainment with concerts and uh, potentially like comedians and others, right? For that really big entertainment factor, uh, shopping for virtual as well as tangible goods, uh, streaming your favorite shows, uh, learning or taking a college course, uh, you know, having work meetings with your colleagues, uh, just conversing with your loved ones, exploring this giant ship and then future planets, uh, flying ships, all of this ingrained into one big space. It's, it's, uh, it's very massive. Um, so, you know, as it relates to what's going on with the metaverse, I think that, uh, you know, what we're doing again is, is different from the fact that it's very realistic, the, the quality of graphics that we're bringing into our metaverse, uh, which is going to be offered on the Oculus platform is that we're uh, taking what, you know, many thought was, uh, you know, possible within Oculus as far as the graphics go. And we're enhancing that with our technology to make it as, uh, as realistic as we can, uh, while also providing, you know, a multi-user environment where, you know, you and your loved ones or friends or colleagues can engage together, you know, watch a concert together, or go on missions together. So uh, it's an engaging environment. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're very much looking forward to getting this up off the ground uh, into into people's households and on their Oculus devices. Yeah, and that's really interesting because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, I have never used uh, an Oculus device, but it's the one that you actually wear on your eyes, and it is most often thought of as like a virtual reality platform. Is that correct? Exactly, yep. Interesting. Okay, okay. but And, and I know that we're going to have to talk about XLN here, you know, kind of as the underpinning of Luna One, but I'm I'm really interested in your thoughts on the metaverse and how maybe how difficult this was to develop because people use, you know, I'm sure as you know, they use metaverse as like a broad word now. Like sometimes people say metaverse in the same way that they say crypto and you're like, it's like saying sandwich and you're like, well, a roast beef sandwich is very, very different than a Subway sandwich. Um, when, when you were developing this metaverse platform, because I know uh, an NFT project that's also kind of trying to develop some metaverse stuff, and they're trying to develop it on Unreal Engine 5, and they've just told me, gosh, this is, a, this is an undertaking, to say the least. Um, you know, and I can imagine, if you want to look at it, kind of our pre-metaverses before crypto were huge open-world games like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption always comes to mind. And these, these take years and years to develop. So if it's going to be like a hyper-realistic, almost second world, could you maybe speak on what got you attracted to develop that metaverse world and, gosh, what the undertaking has been sort of like with that? Yeah, I, for Luna One, we really wanted to do something different than than everyone else. As you mentioned, uh, there are a lot of folks who would consider themselves a metaverse, and, and it's really it's just gameplay, um, you know, different variations of gameplay. Whereas, you know, we wanted to take it a step farther uh, and say, you know, what if what if you could actually um, have an apartment within this space and relax there with maybe your your loved one from across the world or uh, whatever it should be? Um, or, uh, you know, if you wanted to, to go and buy something or uh, some sort of branded product uh, at a, a mini mall 
in the virtual space and virtual reality, actually see those goods, feel those, lift them up, look at them, spin them. Uh, we wanted to kind of take what was being offered in the market, you know, as far as metaverses go and take that to the next level. Uh, you did mention Unreal Engine, right? So uh, when we got started, our, our you know, our, our true ambition was to, uh, to, you know, utilize a development platform such as that and then to make, you know, uh, our metaverse available on some of the most high-end virtual reality platforms out there. Uh, and, you know, what we learned over the span of a number of months is that, you know, that market is actually quite small. Uh, the, the wider piece of the market, uh, you know, is really kind of targeted around uh, Meta's Oculus system. Uh, the, uh, the demand for that product and the overall adoption uh, and market share is far greater. So we actually had to pivot uh, you know, so that's never an easy thing, you know, redoing our, our tech stack and, and realigning our graphics and our infrastructure with Oculus's requirements and so forth did take a lot of time. And we're still kind of working through, uh, you know, those final pieces there. Um, but it was, it's going to be well worth it because we know deep down, you know, the more users we can get to engage in our metaverse uh, through a platform like Oculus, the better that will be, but also the better that, you know, uh, or the more widely used XLN as a utility token will be used. So, um, you know, we had to make some some tough decisions in there. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, we're glad that we did. I can imagine that that is definitely a tough pivot where you start off with kind of what you want to do and then somebody gives you market research or you continually get exposure to the market and they say, um, you know... <laughs> The, the 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 analogy that always comes to mind because I love analogies is like you started off wanting to bake apple pies and then it turns out nobody you know there's just not enough apple consumers you really should start baking peach pies and you're like but we just bought all these apples <laughs> and so you're just like it's not it's not necessarily a problem but you're like man I really wish that we just started off you know with peaches but um, that 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 makes sense because Meta obviously is a huge company. It's it's kind of like Google and Alphabet. Um, I don't. I get mixed signals from the market on whether people actually like Meta and all the Oculus stuff that they're doing. But I'm going to trust you because you're now developing this stuff. That there's a there's a demand for it. Maybe I'm just not seeing it in my personal life. But so that's good that you were able to move forward, kind of with the new information that like hey. Our idea is good. We're going to be able to build this. We just have to go. Instead of left, we got to go right. Instead of, you know, instead of up, we got to go down. So that kind of leads us to the question of you talked about, you know, you wanted to build a platform that's going to be used, it's going to be adopted, and that actually you, people can use the XLN token on. And so I want to know, for, for metaverse platforms that have tokens, I can think of like Decentraland and Sandbox. But I'm not as familiar with them as I am with other sorts of crypto projects and tokens. So definitely, please tell us what is XLN token and how does it relate to this unique platform that now, since you've pivoted, you're just building and you're moving forward with it. Absolutely. Uh, so XLN is it's the, the primary currency that is going to allow our users in the Luna One metaverse to obtain things uh, such as in-game uh, apartments, spaceships. It's going to allow them to purchase uh, goods such as concert tickets in the form of an NFT. Uh, it could be tangible goods or vir other virtual goods or upgrades for their avatars. Uh, so XLN is really that key driver, that key currency within the platform itself that's going to allow users to take their gameplay kind of to that next level. 
Um, so no matter really what they're doing within the Luna One metaverse, right? XLN is going to be at the center of that. Whether they're doing a mini game, some of the rewards for mini games could be XLN tokens uh, and various other applications as well. So really, it's at the heart of what we're doing. Yeah, and, it, and it's always fascinating when somebody has their own in-game currency. I, I see here on your website as well that um, you've already distributed approximately $25 million worth of XLN tokens from more than 45,000 registrations. And you're claiming that this makes you one of the most decentralized metaverse projects to ever exist. I think that that's something that people don't think about is... Um, decentralization within a metaverse project. Could you maybe speak about the the distribution about it before we get into some of the the use cases in game? Yeah, I, I think you know some of the important factors and you know ways in which we wanted to differentiate ourselves from a company like Meta and what they're doing with their metaverse. Uh, so uh, decentralization, uh, as far as uh, data and file storage goes, is an important element, right? Like, so we want to make sure that uh, people's data, their information, is is very secure. Um, you know that we're not going to, you know, shut down the game and, and you know take away people's you know access to their their avatars and their uh, uh, you know their lives within our metaverse. Uh, so that was a very important element to us. Uh, additionally, uh, as a, as a DAO, we want to make sure that our excellent holders, uh, so people engaged in our metaverse that that own those tokens, they actually get a chance to help you know uh, formulate and then uh, you know decide upon what are the key areas of the game that you know matter to them, uh, and make changes there, and being able to vote on how we're going to proceed in certain areas. Uh, so, you know, it kind of comes down to, uh, you know, a, a freer space for folks that's safe, that, you know, it's secure, that they get to vote on certain outcomes uh, and have a voice. Uh, and so giving folks that voice and ability was very important to what we're doing. Yeah, and I, I think people, you know, sometimes people criticize metaverse platforms by saying, you know, well, why would I want to use a certain token? We already have Bitcoin. And I always kind of cheekily say to them i'm like oh bitcoin is uh, our token for this metaverse that we that we just woke up in today that's our token for here for other metaverses you'd want to use a different token um this sort of in-game bitcoin for that uh, different metaverse now you have use cases here where um it looks like you've siphoned it off into real estate events shopping education gaming and work um, we could go through every single one of them if you want to, but I'm actually really interested in knowing what are your, I'm interested in knowing what your favorite is, and then I want to talk about my favorite, and then um, perhaps we could go through all of them. But I'm interested in knowing what do you think is your favorite of those use cases before we get into some of the other stuff that Luna One is offering. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, just because I've, I've been working so closely with my colleague Dan on the entertainment side. I, I do uh, see, and I just the graphics that that we have, uh, and that I, I'm hoping to share with our community, uh, you know, as soon as we can. Um, the ability for folks to listen to some of their favorite artists uh, and to, to have a you know an excellent view, and to have their their friends and family there with them to to engage in that, and to you know good sound quality, great visuals, engaging. Um, I, I think that is uh, is really exciting, and we've seen the success of of other um, you know per se like metaverse uh, shows you know over the past Ariana Grande and Travis Scott and others. 
um, on different platforms. And people love that. It's a great way that, you know, to drive a lot of different audiences to one space, you know, and we want that space to be Luna One. And I think the entertainment, uh, because it, it's so big and, it, you know, there's so many fans out there that it has that ability to do that. Um, you know, in my more personal life, I can tell you that, you know, I, I, with uh, things over the last couple of years with COVID-19 uh, and feeling, you know, working from home and feeling more alone, I think having that ability to actually see and engage with, with folks, whether they be your coworkers, your family or friends, but that sort of connection that you can have in a space like a metaverse that's virtual reality uh, and realistic, I think that's going to be exciting. I think that'll, uh, I, I think that'll create joy in people's lives. Uh, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to go. Um, so th those are probably my two biggest. You asked me to name one, but I, I don't know if they're tied or not, but they're they're two of my favorites. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing that you bring up because I think that people both love and hate the relationship with digital like hangout spaces. And I, I think that they should tend more towards loving it because, you know, the benefit of a digital hangout space versus a physical one is it's way easier to leave with a digital one. You just press leave. You don't have to make a awkward excuse about why you're leaving the bar or church or wherever you are. Um, so I, I think that that's fascinating. And I totally agree with you that I've been on, you know, Zoom meetings or I used to do a lot of focus groups back in my uh, younger days. And, you know, just even being in like a Zoom room with five people where you have a common interest where you're talking after an hour, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm like hanging out with people because if, if it's real people responding to you, um, that's really all that human interaction is. And so if you're at a hyper-realistic platform like Luna One where you um, – actually, we haven't talked about these yet – where you have a hyper-realistic avatar or you're actually just experiencing it, um, it can make it all the more special. I neglected to bring that up. Since, uh, since you're using it with Oculus, I'm betting that you don't have an avatar other than in third person, or do you? That's a great question. We, we do have an avatar. Um, and so uh, that's actually the first step. When you get into Luna One, uh, you'll be asked to, to create your avatar. Uh, my colleague Lee and I were actually we had a, a meeting last week where, in which uh, we're both in the platform and we're walking around and you can see the other person's mouth moving. Uh, it, they're very realistic in design. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of variations as far as how somebody looks. So being able to customize your avatar, you know, as you desire is, is you know, we've heard a lot of feedback from folks, right, like that want to have that ability uh, so we wanted to give them that. And so I think that'll be an exciting element. But also, you know, uh, with Oculus, there's the two little joysticks that you hold on to. So as you're talking, your hands are moving around and your legs are moving, right? So this isn't one of those avatars like some of the other platforms that maybe they don't have legs or don't have arms or whatnot. So these are very realistic. Yeah, it's always odd when an avatar doesn't have uh, legs or a bottom torso. It uh, just takes you out of the... Uh... The whole suspension of disbelief here. So that is definitely a good thing. Um, and I know it all too well about getting the mouth to move correctly. I, I neglected to mention that I actually worked for a Metaverse startup platform last year before uh, mm -hmm. a little bit too, little bit before its time. Even, even now, I feel like Metaverse is still cutting edge and brand new, but it was like, you know, I, I did not feel bad when they, when they couldn't get it off the ground because I was like, y'all, this is... Uh, Y'all are pioneers here, so I'll have to go back into crypto. But that's neither here nor there. My favorite use case that I'm seeing 
from Luna One that I started off really being kind of negative on, but now I'm super bullish on is digital real estate and um, gaming slash play to earn. I know I said we'd only choose one, and here I am. I'm choosing two as well. But mm-hmm. the, uh, like, I, I thought about this even before I connected it with crypto. Like I mentioned, I used to play Red Dead Redemption 2 quite a lot. Um, and in that game, if you complete the game, you have your own house. It's like a house where you store your stuff and things like that. And it sounds silly to say, but you do end up thinking of it as like, oh, this is my house, and I live in the Old West. And, uh, you know, <laughs> this, that, and the other. So the, the fact that you could own, I think you said digital apartments, maybe not digital homes, but there's all sorts of digital real estate springing up in the crypto and metaverse worlds. And I'd love for you to expand about the digital real estate that is offered in Luna One and how you think that that might differ or be almost the same because real estate tends to appreciate in these digital worlds than maybe the real world. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, great, great question too. So um, one of the things that you had just to kind of started, one of the things you had mentioned uh, earlier on is that, you know, a metaverse project is a, is a really big project, especially as expansive as ours is going to be. Uh, so we'll be launching in phases. Uh, so phase one is uh, Luna Genesis is the ship that you had pointed out that looks really cool, kind of floating out there. Uh, it's a really large ship. Um, but we're not selling uh, real estate per se on that. We're selling apartments that people can acquire. There's 20,000 of them. Uh, we had a, uh, we had a, well, we had a sale going on. It was actually more of a promotion a number of weeks ago in which, you know, if you purchase so many XLN, uh, at a certain threshold, you'd get a certain size apartment. So we were really successful with that. There was a lot of engagement and excitement in the community, uh, to get those apartments and we'll be sending out NFTs, uh, shortly. They're looking really cool. So I, I'm looking forward to getting those out there uh, to those folks. Um, and then the next phase will actually be colonizing people leaving Luna Genesis and then moving into Luna One, the planets, in which they'll, they'll get to essentially colonize that and purchase land. Uh, and on their land, they can build pretty much whatever they'd want. They could build you know, a skyscraper. Um, they could build you know, a stadium, a house whatever they'd really want at that point. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've heard from a, a lot of folks with interest in what we're doing, right? Uh, some people have great ideas around, you know, uh, building large concert facilities or stadiums for sporting events and other things. So, uh, you know, we're very excited to get to that that land sale type, uh, um, you know, event, but that's kind of a, you know, phase two is a number of months away yet. Uh, but you're right, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with what's going on in the market. You know, we do see uh, increases in value for some of those virtual properties. Uh, and we we hope that, you know, what we're doing with Luna One is enticing to users as well uh, in that it's a worthwhile, you know, whether they choose to make it their virtual home or it's uh, more of an investment property or maybe an Airbnb for them in the virtual world, whatever it should be. Yeah, and that is super interesting. We didn't even talk about how you have the Genesis and then the planet. That I, I'm going to have to touch on that in a little bit because uh, it's all over your website. I just didn't connect that that you also had a planet as well. So that's it really is a huge metaverse world that you're building. I'm just sitting back here from a person who's watched it from a developer perspective. But digital real estate is 
it's just such an interesting thing to me because similar to how people would criticize Bitcoin, they'd be like, well, you can't touch it. It's not like gold. It's not this. Yet it has an incredible amount of value because people believe in it. I tend to think about the same things when it comes to digital real estate. And you mentioned how there's some people that already have plans that once you open up this planet, they want to develop this, they want to develop that, they have all these grand plans. And I think, I think to myself, I don't have kids, but if I had like a kid who was like a toddler right now, and you were to tell me like, oh, 10 years from now, when he's in his teens, you know, because he'll be even more advanced than me, you know, in terms of technology and all that, just being a digital native, he'll be a metaverse real estate developer. I wouldn't even laugh at that. I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. And he'll probably make more than me 10 years after that, because it's just, it's just the way that technology goes. And I, I hadn't even thought about that, that there are probably right now people that are metaverse real estate developers in the prominent metaverse platforms, like I said, like Decentraland or Sandbox and, you know, hopefully Luna One. And people can kind of poo-poo that all they want to, but actually when you think about digital real estate, it has quite a number of advantages over actual real estate. And one of them being no maintenance. Um, A lot of metaverse platforms don't have property taxes. Uh, There's just... You, you know, you can rent it out a bajillion times at a fraction of a second. I think actually Michael Saylor has touched on this. It's it's quite the fascinating concept to me um, that I will continually mull over. So so thank you for explaining that. Be- mm-hmm. Before we go on to some of the other interesting things about Luna One, please tell me and the audience about – we started out with Luna Genesis, which I reference as kind of the cool – Death Star. It looks better than Death Star. Let's let's say this. It's like the Urban Outfitters uh, edition of the Death Star. Way just way better. But it's above a planet. the The planet is going to be the Luna One, like actual world or Luna One planet. Could you explain that again? I know we can talk about the roadmap kind of at the end of our conversation, mm-hmm. but you just when you're building a planet, I have to know about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You know that the story goes that you know out of uh, out of need, right? Uh, a, a group of uh, uh, well, I guess many individuals they have to leave Earth uh, and they go out into space uh, and they basically live on a giant spaceship called Luna Genesis, uh, and they're going to encounter their own issues, right? There's there's going to be uh, issues that come up, uh, you know, throughout the storyline where. You know, maybe they're under attack or being invaded and people have to work together. Uh, and this is kind of in addition to, you know, like the mini games and the living and the other parts of uh, this life within the metaverse that people will partake in. Um, but at some point, uh, the crew and everyone else, right, they're going to be ready to move on uh, and actually be back on land somewhere. So they're going to colonize and start a new uh, civilization on a planet called Luna One, um, and uh, and that's where it becomes kind of the Wild West. Uh, people will be able to go out, and uh, uh, it, you know, there'll, there'll be other new adventures to explore uh, and things to do. Um, but that again uh, is uh, is kind of in the uh, the development process. We're still trying to make Luna Genesis as as massive as we can, as far as uh, the details and so forth go. Uh, but that's where we're going. Uh, and we've been in some cool conversations with folks, other brands and projects uh, and companies about, you know, bringing them in uh, to Luna One. And it's likely, you know, bringing them into the planet uh, where they can have a space where their brands can be prominent and uh, and represented and engaged with by those users as well. 
wow, I didn't realize that there was a lore associated with this project because you don't see it anywhere on, on kind of public-facing materials. That's, that's something that usually um, I ask NFT projects about because almost every NFT project has some sort of lore, um, and it's, it's kind of the... It's some of the more interesting thing. It's one of the more interesting things about the crypto world, which can be super technical and completely dry and maybe over financialized, is that there's still a lot of creative people that there's a lore behind these projects. Could you, um, I think you kind of explained the, the full lore there, but in case there's anything that we were missing, just really quickly again to summarize, like it, what is the, the lore behind Luna One? Yeah, I, uh, so we actually have a, a great um, kind of a, a metaverse expert on our team that that does a lot of playwriting and screenwriting uh, and just, you know, you, you mentioned it, the creativity side. That's what he brings. Uh, and we do hope to to publish a lot of this sort of content, uh, you know, whether it's into a white paper or other materials uh, and get it onto our site because it, it is is missing. I'm sure people are curious, like, what's the backstory? How do people end up on Luna Genesis? Uh, and we'll certainly, uh, you know, give those details uh, as soon as we can. Uh, we just don't have it out there at this point. But uh, again, essentially, people have to leave Earth. There's, uh, uh, you know, um, wars, famine. Uh, you know, it's just not uh, a habitable place anymore. Uh, luckily, uh, a bunch of folks they're able to basically leave uh, and join, you know, a crew that's on a, a big ship. Uh, out in space called Luna Genesis, uh, you know, as the 20,000 apartments, it has like basically everything that you need to survive. Uh, it has entertainment, uh, has the socializing, um, you know, there's, there, there's so many ways that people will be engaged within that space. So they don't necessarily have to leave Luna Genesis if they don't want to. But I think a lot of people over a span of, you know, a couple of seasons here, uh, they'll be ready to explore what else is out there. Uh, and Luna One, the planet, is going to be out there, ready to be colonized, explored, uh, and for people to kind of build what they, you know, from a creative side, what they what they want. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see like what pops up uh, and where people take it. And again, it kind of goes back to the DAO, right? There'll probably have to be some restrictions in place that are voted on, certain rules that are voted on. Uh, so our community, the excellent holders, we'll get a chance to kind of form, you know, where that narrative eventually goes. Absolutely. And that's kind of the narrative of any good science fiction story in which people have been living in space is eventually people are like, I'm bored of space. Let's go to a planet. It doesn't have to be Earth. It just seems to be what we like to do. So that that lore definitely feels natural to me. But And I definitely urge you to publish that as soon as possible because um, – I've just found that that's a thing that people get attracted to. And it's almost like, um, like I said, with NFT projects, even if an NFT project doesn't have uh, what they would call utility, sometimes people just, you know, how much, how much utility did Pokemon trading cards have? Not that much. In my opinion, (laughs) I never even learned how to play the real Pokemon game. I just, I just collected the cards. So um, sometimes people would just get attracted to the lore. They get attracted to, other people in the community that like the lore similar to, you know, Lord of the Rings or any anything else that has a lore attached to it. And it's I've noticed that it's a thing that brings people together, especially, like I said, in, in a space that can be very technical, very kind of dry, sometimes lacking creativity. I think people really appreciate that spark of creativity. Um, 
So that's interesting to know about. A couple of other things that I wanted to touch on here that I was reading about with Luna One is that you have a proprietary IP where you have like a proprietary Luna One chain. Um, and it's it's unusual that people are developing their own blockchains. And then along with that, you're offering decentralized file storage. So I'd love for you to speak about those two aspects of Luna One. Yeah, so those two are, are still, uh, you know, we've been working on the, the blockchain for uh, quite a while now. Um, uh, we, we did have a, a partner on that. Uh, right now we're on, obviously, uh, on Binance Smart Chain, um, and it's I think it's going to serve us well uh, for the time being. But we do have plans to roll over to our, our own mainnet uh, in the, the near future. Um, and just because of, of, of speed and size, uh, uh, security, uh, there's a number of reasons why our own, our own chain made sense. Um, and so we'll continue to explore that. Um, uh, you know, in recent months, though, with kind of that, that change in what we're seeing from going from like the high end platforms down to uh, Oculus and making some tech changes to the what we're doing there. I mean, our, our time is our time uh, got sucked in other ways, I guess I'll say. And so that's one of those things that we're going to have to get back to as soon as we can. Um but yeah, and then as, as far as uh, the centralized file storage, I, again, having, uh, you know, instead of uh, the data being centralized, uh, you know, maybe on one server owned by one company such as, uh, such as Meta or, you know, there's others as well, uh, you know, basically sharing that workload across users around the world, uh, you know, creating a, a very stable, safe environment is, is what we were shooting for. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think what we have in mind as far as like where we're going uh, from those elements, the the security side, uh, the storage side, uh, and you know, just making sure people's data uh, is uh, is safeguarded. I mean, that's what we're going to keep striving for. Sure, and it, you know, building your own blockchain is a tremendous task. Uh, you don't have to tell me that. I mean, there the history of crypto is littered with people that had the best intentions and tried to compete with some of the top blockchains, and it is just almost an insurmountable task. I think it's I think it's actually doable when you have your own ecosystem and project like this. But I could also see why you'd want to get away from a centralized chain like Binance Smart Chain because everything's good until something happens with Binance. And, you know, if, if people don't know the crypto news, they suffered a exploit or a hack, uh, maybe it was a week ago or maybe two weeks ago now. And just because they had to do what they had to do, they had to shut down that chain for multiple hours, I think even maybe the full day. So through no fault yeah. of your own, if you were in Luna 1 and using that, you would have just, you know, hey guys, it's not a fault of Luna One. Talk to talk to Binance. Whereas if you had your own blockchain, this would be more easier and scalable to just kind of uh, to um, use in the ways that you wanted to and control the uh, the use and access for a smooth user experience. Decentralized file storage, the same way, where there's nothing wrong with AWS or meta or things like that but there's there's a lot of decentralized file storage crypto services now um i'm blanking on an ama that i did many months ago but uh, i know i know that they're out there it's on crypto conversations and they when it was explained to me how it works my mind was kind of blown the best the best example i can give is kind of like torrenting and file sharing where everybody has a teensy tiny piece and it comes together to uh 
to make a whole, or I guess like a bunch of cookie crumbs that if you were to press them all together, Hey there, you got, you got a cookie. So very, very cool. Um, it, it, it is, it is really cool. Basically every user serving as a individual node within a larger system. It's, it's a, it's a really cool concept. I, I, you know, like where, where the technology is going and like the different options available now and how, you know, as a community, we kind of, all work together right for an outcome. I think it's great. Yeah, and it it, it definitely it, it sometimes it gives you the incentive too with like some of the uh, it was the crust network that's what it was called the decentralized file storage. It was a it's an interesting AMA if anyone wants to go back and listen to it. It's on the podcast stream. Um, the the users serving as nodes and then being usually people are rewarded if they're a node for a certain time. So it has like almost staking capabilities to it. And it has the sort of validator aspect that most proof of stake chains have pivoted to. All the incentives are correctly aligned to where you're using a little bit of your computing power. You're decentralizing the network, but everybody still gets what they want. And I'm whoever figured out that puzzle, let's give them a little, uh, a little clap because I, I can barely put a real puzzle together. So, um, so I think to kind of finish up here before we start taking some listener questions, if you're okay with that from people in the AMA guys, if you want to line up for that, I think we haven't touched on the NFTs that you're going to offer and maybe if XLN token, are you going to be allowed to stake it? What would be the advantage of people holding and getting XLN token when it goes live on BitMart on, um, October 31st. Yeah, I'll start with the uh, the staking part of that. So, uh, you know, I, I think what we're doing on a staking side is, un, you know, unmatched really across the industry. So we're going to be offering up to returns of 40%. So we really want to incentivize, uh, you know, some of the, the larger token holders out there uh, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, set that aside for a period of time, right? We have four different options from three months up to two years that you can lock those up. Uh, but, you know, getting a, an APY up to 40% is, is sensational. Uh, so we're, we're happy to announce that, you know, as of today, uh, I don't know if we've actually sent out this social yet as, you know, uh, as of us speaking, but, you know, today we'll be, you know, announcing that staking.luna1.com is up and running, uh, you know, you're free to go out there and stake your tokens as you'd like, um, you know, and really, again, that's all about incentivizing some of those larger wallet holders, but also rewarding, uh, you know, any of the uh, the token holders to go out there, uh, you know, and get some of those returns, uh, which are really fruitful. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we know that that's going to differentiate us and uh, we're happy to be able to do that for our community, uh, you know, just to reward them as well. Um as it relates to uh, NFTs, NFTs actually are going to be a really big piece of what we're doing. Um, you know, much like uh, XLN as the you know the the key currency, uh, the NFTs are going to play a role in. Uh, you know, there'll be there will be actually there's a variety of NFTs. There's a concert ticket NFTs. There's a, the apartment NFTs. The land NFTs. Uh, uh, avatar upgrade type NFTs. Uh, there'll be a, you know a vast array of different NFTs offered. Uh, one of the the coolest NFTs and probably most rare NFTs is actually going to go out to our kind of the uh, the OG type uh, community members who saw XLN early on during uh, you know our distribution and pre distribution phase, 
Uh, we're going to give them their own special lounge within Luna Genesis where they can go and meet up and talk about the project and what we're doing there. Uh, and so there may be some other really cool kind of secret rooms and things that we'll be doing as well uh, to, you know, to reward new XLN holders to, uh, to come and join us. So uh, uh, the NFTs are a really cool part. Uh, we're finishing up an NFT shop right now for our site where uh, we can, you know, sell the, the rest of those apartments. Uh, again, there is 20,000 apartments available to start with. We've gone through and sold a number of those already, um, but there's still plenty left. Uh, so when that shop becomes available, we'll definitely announce that uh, in our, our community on Discord and, and social channels and, and email and other avenues as well. Um, and then once a, a given NFT is completely sold out, so once the apartment NFTs are sold out, uh, those uh, NFT holders, they can actually go to our marketplace and then resell those NFTs. Say they want to upgrade their apartment to get a larger one, right? They'd be able to sell their their one uh, and then reinvest in maybe a larger unit. Um, so there will be a really nice marketplace available to our users as well. Um, but yeah, there will be more and more NFTs rolling out over the, the coming weeks and months. Uh, so we're very much excited for that. And, and as we talked about before, you know, when Luna One, uh, you know, starts to roll around uh, into the storyline uh, and people are buying up pieces of land, I do think that'll be another really big uh, opportunity for folks. So interesting. And those NFTs, are they going are they on Binance Smart Chain right now or are they on Ethereum? Um, I would be interested yes, to know what, what chain they're on for for if people were wanting to buy and sell them on the secondary market. Yes, they're on Binance. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And I, you know, it's it's also interesting to me that the NFTs, how NFTs can serve so many different uses these days. Where you where you talked about, well, you know, having an apartment NFT is essentially like having an apartment key, uh, having an event ticket NFT. I mean, you're seeing that actually in the real world now. My prediction is that in probably two to three years, maybe that's even over over uh, comping it you will be able to go to any major sports game in the USA and use an NFT ticket on your phone to gain entry. That's at least the the trend that I see going. Um, I know that Mark Cuban is super interested in it. And when he gets interested in something, uh, it usually gets done. So um, along with lots of other sports teams, um, owners. So guys, if you want to ask Corey a question about the Luna One project you can request to ask right now i am the co-host other uh, unlike last ama where i had to become the co-host in order to approve questions so please request if you want to ask a question here and um, while we're waiting for kind of requests to line up i think maybe i'll kind of end on this here Corey. um you you have a prominent part of your website is YouTube personalities that have endorsed Luna One. I'm always really interested in this because even though I love watching YouTube, I've never really gotten super into like personalities and I, I don't actually follow them in the crypto world because I just tend to follow, you know, I guess more objective news from Cointelegraph or Coindesk and then make my opinions on certain things. But was it was it hard to recruit people to become, you know, to endorse Luna One or to get it to look at it? Or have you found that it's kind of like attracting people to 
Bitcoin or Ethereum or NFTs. It's just, it's, if you say the word metaverse and you show them what you've built, people are only too happy to check it out. Yeah, I, that's a great question. So I, I think that, um, you know, a lot of the kind of the content creators and, uh, and personalities that are, you know, that, that have come onto our project that, that found an interest in what we're doing with Luna One and XLN in particular. Um, when we, uh, when we talk with them and go through, you know, what's our vision? What are we trying to do? You know, what do we hope to achieve? Uh, you know, we just make it clear that one of the things that we're trying to do is is do something that nobody else is doing so that we're unique in the marketplace, right? And that we're truly trying to make a difference uh, in that I think, you know, between our technology, the utility, our vision, the team, the community, our partnerships that we're working on, I think all of those things are enticing enough to where it makes sense for those uh, those influencers to be like, okay, you guys are doing a great project. Uh, and so I, I don't think that we've found that it's been overly difficult to get those folks excited about what we're doing or to listen to us uh, and then to, you know, to have them, you know, share their point of view on what we're doing with their audiences. I, I, I've had a lot of people just reach out to me uh, or even other AMAs and say, hey, I heard about you through maybe the Run Guys channel. Um, and, uh, and they had so much great stuff to say. And it's really cool to actually hear that because, you know, uh, sometimes people would have never discovered us if it weren't for those influencers. So we're really thankful for what they do. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. I, I don't, I've never wanted to be a YouTube influencer or influencer of any type, but it, it is an interesting thing where if you, especially in the, the crypto sphere, um, which can have a lot of, uh, bad information. If you get somebody that consistently puts out good information and they like talking to people and they think that something's interesting and they can make a recommendation and say, hey, check this out, it really does a lot and it leads some credence and authority to as long as you've got a solid foundation on your project. It's kind of that person-to-person thing where sometimes, um, you know, in the real world, sometimes professionals that we visit, you know, dentists, lawyers, whatever, sometimes it's not based on who we find in the yellow pages. Wow, I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> or who we find online. But just somebody who says, hey, I've met this guy or gal. They're, they treated me well. Maybe you should check them out. And so sometimes, you know, we just because we're in a digital space, we don't have to neglect uh, word of mouth and positive reputation from other people. I just think that that was a, a great thing to highlight on your website mm-hmm. because it's kind of like testimonials for a book too as well. It's just every little bit there helps, and I think that people um, believe it because they can actually look up these people and verify whether they actually said that or not. So, um, Yeah, I, I think one of the things also about uh, you know those content creators is that you know, many of them are are wildly successful in this space on, you know, on their own right, based on some of the opportunities that, you know, they went after in the past or, uh, you know, other projects they've seen that they were interested in and invested in. Uh, So, you know, they have a lot of credibility that they gain with their audiences because of the success that they've seen. And I I can certainly respect that. Um, I think one of the big draws towards XLN in particular, especially during our pre-distribution phase, is that, you know, we were offering, you know, just to get that excitement out there and to get our, our brand out there and folks energized, we were offering really massive, uh, you know, uh, basically bonus tokens. So with a purchase, right, you get, you know, up to 25 or so percent as a bonus and it really reduced cost um, for a while. And so, 
I, I think that also kind of played into the story that, you know, influencers could tell or content creators could tell their audiences. Like, look, it's just a fantastic opportunity. Great time to get in. Uh, so I think a lot of people um, were really excited to do so. Yeah, that would that would certainly help. Um, and guys, once again, if you if you want to ask a question of Corey, all you have to do is uh, request it, and uh, I can approve you as a speaker. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going for a little bit um, as questions come to me. You mentioned this is interesting, Corey, about how you're giving away these bonuses, you're giving people excited, but I, I neglected to think. Um, and I'll get to you in one second here, uh, King. That I see you've requested to ask a question. What has it been like, um, you know, I'm a big Cardano fan. And so Charles Hoskinson, one of his kind of famous quotes is he loves bear markets because he doesn't have to deal with any of the hype or the noise or any of the people that aren't interested in the project. They're just interested in the price. And I've heard that echoed from a couple of other crypto projects that I've talked to where they say, yeah, uh, it's good to get financing during the bull market and then finally build during the bear market. I'm interested in your thoughts on this bear market that we're in because you seem like you're doing really well. You definitely have a solid foundation of this project. It seems super exciting and crazy realistic to me. It doesn't seem like you're having too many struggles there. What are kind of your thoughts on that, on building during a bear market? Yeah, I, well, I, I can say one of the things that maybe uh, sets us apart uh, in general from some other projects that are out there is that when we were doing our uh, pre-distribution and distribution phases uh, for XLN, uh, we, we already had the funding uh, through private uh, sources to cover the development of our metaverse. Uh, so we weren't saying, hey, you know, uh, buy our tokens and we'll invest that into you know, what we're creating. Uh, it, it's it's a little bit different than that. So I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we're, we're already on a trajectory to build what we wanted to build. And uh, we're still working towards that. Um, and so, I you know, we saw that we were going to be successful no matter what, right? Like whatever it took. Um, you know, one of the, the things that, that's definitely different that we did see is that the excitement maybe in the spring, um, you know, say at the end of 2021, um, uh, I think Bitcoin was around like maybe it was like November, December was around. Uh, shoot, it, it was it was at its high, sixty k or something like that. Oh yeah, uh, yep. you know, and and so Ethereum was at its at its peak as well. And then you get into you know our pre distribution, and they start going down, but they're not you know dropping significantly. So just in comparison to where we are today, right? It was a much different uh, you know phase then or market then, and so. You know, I, I felt like, you know, throughout the last, you know, year or maybe less than a year, like the markets changed a lot and people's maybe willingness to jump in on new projects like ours, right? They maybe became a little bit more hesitant, uh, even though that they love the project. And then there are those people that just really want to engage in a metaverse like ours. And they were going to, you know, take an opportunity to stock up on their tokens ahead of time, you know, no matter what. So, uh, it, you know, it has been very interesting. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, based on the type of project and the audience that they're going after, you know, there's always an opportunity out there. Uh, but for some people, they they will kind of pull back a little bit and wait to see how things shake out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for me, I'm a little bit uh, almost a little bit snobbish here in my old age because I've uh, I've been into Bitcoin since 2017. So something I like to ask people when they say they're into crypto is I'm I'm always interested in their thoughts on bear markets because, um, I feel, I don't, I don't want to say I feel bad, but I kind of 
feel bad for people that they got in at November, right, when things are at their all-time highs, and now they're thinking that they made a foolish decision. They don't understand that this is a very cyclical industry. It's a growth industry, and it is like any other new industry. It would have been the same if you were in tech and computers in the late 90s and you were wondering in the early 2000s, what happened? Did I just make the worst decision of my life? Nope, you just had to wait, you know, five to ten more years, right? If you if you understand the fundamentals of what you're getting involved in, it shouldn't be a problem. And I think those second group of people that you mentioned, the people that are really interested in getting into a metaverse project, those are definitely going to be kind of your your true fans that are going to go with you forward where, yes, there's a financial aspect to the tokens. They want to get involved. They don't want to lose money doing this. But at the same time, as I say that out loud, there's lots of people that play hyper-realistic video games. Once again, Grand Theft Auto, uh, you know, uh, Red Dead Redemption, and they don't gain anything from it. Uh, they spend lots and lots of their time and spend lots and lots of their money, and they're they're all too happy to do it. They're just grateful that... You know, a company like Rockstar Games was able to build such an engaging platform and an engaging game. So I don't think that you're going to have any problems moving forward, especially once again, since you have this solid foundation and a um, you've got a fully docs team here on the website, a very solid team behind you. It's just a matter of, hey, who's going to be interested in the metaverse? And the bull market will do what it does when it comes back. It's not, you know, it's only one piece of the pie. We're going back to that pie analogy here. You're making it with peaches now. <laughs> so, uh, so it looks like we've got our uh, first person who wants to ask a question here, King Shark. And right before, right before I tell you to unmute, I'm going to say, just lay down a couple ground rules. The ground rules for these AMAs for asking questions is one, please speak English. That's the only language that I speak. I can't speak for Corey here. Two, be in a quiet space so that we can hear you or try and, you know, be as legible as possible. Uh, and then three, no shilling of, of other projects or being rude or insulting. That's just, come on, Corey's my guest here. You're going to get booted out. Why even try? If you can abide by those three rules, I will let people ask almost all the questions that they want to while also being respectful of Corey's time here. So King Shark, you are a speaker. If you want to unmute yourself, you can ask Corey a question. Awesome. Hey guys, how's it going? Nathan, first of all, thanks for having me up on your space and in Bitmart exchange for, for being co-hosting of this, uh, Corey, how you doing? Talk to doing you. Doing great. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, talk to you on your last AMA. And I asked, a. Uh, question about the future um, with video games now my focus is on the next 60 days before the end of the year i know that um, you said the platform's um, going to be up and running within you know by the end of the year what are the games if any that you have planned um, what can we expect in the next 60 days uh, in terms of what the platform's gonna you know um provide for us and can you give us some secret sauce that maybe you wouldn't if this question wasn't asked yeah yeah nice to chat with you again as well um so a couple of things you know the 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 vast majority of luna genesis by the end of the year right that's our focus uh, at this point in time it's not necessarily phase two which is the planet uh obviously having apartments and spaceships uh, and, and all those other facilities, right? We call them themes or scenes within uh, the ship itself. 
Uh, there's really uh, over 25 different areas that we're building out, uh, you know, in great detail, you know, areas for you to explore and to engage with. Uh, layered on top of those, uh, those scenes are actually going to be mini games and narratives to help you collect XP, uh, learn new traits and tasks, uh, you know, improve your, your character's ability and so forth. Um, you know, so there's there's all of those elements that are going to be natively built within the platform itself. Uh, and then we're also actually partnering with a, a company called Sapphire Studios. Uh, they have a, an MMO, uh, which is uh, it, it's massive and they have many users, daily users, monthly users uh, on a game called Gold Inc., uh, in which you can actually uh, mine for, for uh, you know, a gold-backed currency. Um, and so it's a really cool opportunity to maybe bring in uh, a, a gaming aspect like that into Luna One. Um, so we're, we're kind of working through the details on that. I can't promise it'll be integrated uh, in the next 60 days. But, you know, that's one of the things, you know, as far as Secret Sauce and others, right? It, you know, some of these some of these big elements that we want to do will come down to the right partnerships uh, and, and the, the right folks and the right timing. So. Uh, I, I think that there'll be plenty of other elements uh, from a gaming side, uh, you know, that'll obviously be ready. Um, but hopefully that'll be of interest and we get more and more of those integrated into our platform. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And I'm so excited about uh, Halloween and the future of uh, Luna One. And thanks again, Nathan. Awesome. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for asking you. Great question here. Uh, so, King Shark, I'm going to remove you from the speakers and ink to NFT. You should be uh, ready to ask a question there. Hi, all. I'm Stuart. Um, I have a question for both. Are you hearing me? Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. First of all, hi, Corey, and well done. Um, I'm one of the initial investors. Sometimes it was a bumpy ride, but you guys are delivering and, you know, we're always demanding as um, in the Discord, etc. but you are working hard and uh, results are coming about. So keep pushing. My question for Corey would be, um, so eventually, will the Metaverse or launch be up and running and then in a second phase would you go onto your your own blockchain and as regards bitmot i am new to bitmot um what tokens will xln be linked to please and secondly is there a specific time scheduled for listing on 31st october thanks uh, sure. Let me let me answer that real quick, Corey. Um, so, Stuart, sorry, I'm not on the operations side of Bitmart. I'm I'm on the marketing side here. So, uh, let me ask somebody for you, real quick. I know that they're going to be listed. XLN is going to be listed um, on October 31st. I want to say it's usually at 10 a.m. EST, but I can try and double check that for you. Um, I do know that almost every single pair at BitMart is a USDT pair. Um, it's rare that you find something that's not a USDT pair. So Tether, that's the main uh, listing pair that almost every token is is listed with, including the big boys like BTC, ETH, all this stuff. But obviously they have they have more pairs to do. So let me ask for you real quick, and then Corey can answer your question. Yeah, and... Um 
So as, as far as, uh, I, I can just tell you that we're working on uh, updating our timeline now uh, so that, you know, I'm striving to have, uh, have the, the launch of Lunogenesis uh, either at the end of the year, or like, you know, the first part of January. Uh, phase two, uh, which is a long way off, right? We'll, we'll get that timeline updated accordingly. Um, but I don't think I'm far off by a number of days or maybe a week off from having the updated timeline available on the website uh, and that we can share with the community so you guys can kind of see uh, what some of those those main pieces are and when, uh, you know, maybe uh, if we have to phase in certain elements, you know, when will those come into play and be live for you? Um, so I'm super excited. One of the things I'm most excited about is actually announcing the day that you can go out and download uh, Luna One on Oculus. Uh, so I can't tell you today what day that's going to be, but it's not far off as far as being able to announce that, I don't think. Um, Corey, if I may, please. Um, apart from Oculus, Luna, um, if I recall well, Luna One will be available on other platforms too, right? I heard PlayStation 5 and other things, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, it's just not going to be out of the gate. Uh, that ha that's not our fo our main focus right now is Oculus and getting that up and running, and then probably secondarily having a mobile option along with that. Uh, so focusing on okay. Oculus and then mobile, uh, and then expanding thereafter. Um, but it's just updating some timelines and figuring out when some of those partnerships and agreements can take place. Uh, so we'll definitely keep you updated on that. But our, our vision as far as a, a multi-device platform hasn't necessarily changed. Um, but I think some of the uh, uh, the dates in which we're going to be able to do that maybe will, uh, just because our focus is Oculus at this point and then secondarily mobile. Uh, and if I may, one last question. In your last AMA, I heard you say, I don't know if I understood correctly, that XLN will be also available on the Luna One website, but I did not understand it was for the general public or for certain investors only. If it was a promo for influencers, I don't understand that oh. part. Oh, good question. Yeah, so that that'll be a, a just a buy site. Uh, so for you know public, so anybody can go out there uh, and to, to pick those up. Um, and so, you know, that's just a, another avenue. We have people coming to our website and being able to offer them uh, some of those, uh, you know, within our platform would be also be would be an option. And the, the, the final, I, I promise on that off. I did I understand well is taking on from today on on one on one site. Um, I don't think that we've announced it yet to you guys. Uh, I, no, not I, yet. I, okay, so. Uh, or I did this, not see, or, or I did not. Yeah, so it. so one of the things that we just wrapped up that I, I can share with you is that, uh, you know, the staking site is live. Um, we just have to publish the link to the community. But before we did that, I wanted uh, AJ and our team to create a quick video to actually walk users through how to, you know, how to use the staking site, whether on desktop or mobile, whatever. There's some nuances. So I think that was going to be a helpful addition to, uh, you know, to saying staking is now live. Here's the link. But here's also the video that will help you should you get, you know, confused or stuck along the way. Uh, so those two things we wanted to have ready, and they should be ready at this point. And so you can expect probably some social posts and other announcements. I'll also be sending an email newsletter out today with that announced in it. 
Uh, so yeah, staking will be today, uh, and those announcements should be coming. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. So, so if I decide to buy again from Luna One site, now as of Monday, I assume or that the value of XLN will fluctuate as is on the market, right? It won't be at a fixed price or at sale price. It will be obviously a per market fluctuating value, right? Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it will be so, right, on from the website to fluctuate yeah. per market. Yes. Yes, uh, the, the 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 price on our site would reflect uh, the market, uh, you know, the whatever the the value it's trading at within BitMart. So, thank you very much. Sure, yeah, and thank you for the uh, the great question, Stuart. I asked our operations team here, and it looks like the tentative time that it's going to be listed on BitMart is three p.m. UTC. Um, so you'd have to do the conversions for that for whatever your local time is. And I'm still yeah, getting a confirmation for the trading pair. But like I said, 99% of the trading pairs on BitMart are through a USDT tether because it's, it's just the easiest way to swap stuff. So um, <clears throat> I did just get a confirmation. So USDT tether will be the pair. And it should be listing at 3 p.m. UTC on October 31st. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm going to remove Stuart as a speaker now. And it looks like we have... Uh, Raina Hawley, uh, you should be allowed to speak right now if you want to unmute yourself. Okay. Uh, Nathan, it looks like you're on mute. From my end over here, actually, Raina Hawley was the last person who's requested. So um, I don't see any more people lining up. Um, were you able to answer his question, uh, Corey? I w I, I'm sorry. I, I missed that because I was kicked out. Yeah, no, we, we are all set. Perfect. Um, so perfect. I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, he should be good to go. Um, okay. And certainly appreciate the other, other folks jumping in and asking questions today as well. So hopefully we did a good enough job answering those. Uh, but if not, um, please hit us up on uh, Discord or one of the social channels. And, uh, you know, I, I can certainly try to do better if you still have other questions. Sure. Yeah, no worries. We And we've got, we've hit the hour mark here. So that's a good place to kind of send you off here, Corey. I like to be respectful of the guest time, but if there's, you know, if there's always a crazy amount of people asking questions, I try and get through the bulk of them, but actually we got through all the people that wanted to ask questions today. And it looks like most people were just listeners. They wanted to learn about the project. And so this is kind of a natural endpoint to leave off at. If anybody wants to learn more about LunaOne.com, uh, sorry, the LunaOne project, of course, they can go to LunaOne.com. But Corey, where do you recommend they go to get the most update information and kind of engage with you like they have on these AMAs? Absolutely. I, I think following Luna One on Twitter is a fantastic place. And if you want to get more engaged and get a lot of questions answered right away by an, our uh, awesome community, Discord is fantastic. Uh, and, you know, those folks will take care of you so quickly, as will Brax and our community side. So uh, please join us there uh, and uh, just, you know, learn more and engage with us. We'd love that. Absolutely. So my guest here today has been Corey Kozad from the Luna One Metaverse Project. It is quite the ambitious project. If you've ever tried to build a metaverse project by yourself, I suggest that you do not attempt it, even with a rock-solid team. It takes many, many hours of effort, and it is quite the undertaking, but he is being successful at it. If you go to LunaOne.com, you can just see some of the stuff that I mentioned here during the AMA. And I wanted to remind people before we close, 
close out that now you know why you'd want to get some of these XLN tokens. You had some early adopters here speaking. You heard Corey talk about the utility that they're going to have in this metaverse platform. If you're into metaverse stuff at all and you think that it's the future, you're going to want to have the kind of in-game currency of this world. And we're giving away $1,000 of XLN to 10 winners, so that's 100 bucks each. And the only thing that you have to do in order to get some of those XLN tokens is retweet the link where you found this spaces, go and follow Bitmart Exchange and Luna1 on Twitter, and they are at official luna one Reach, uh, share it with three friends, fill out the Google form that is attached, and you will be off to the races to try and get some of those XLN tokens. So now you know I'd want them. If you're just coming in and out of this AMA and you're like, what are XLN tokens? What is Luna One? Who is Corey? Don't worry. We're going to archive this entire conversation uh, sans the five-minute part where I got kicked out. Got kicked out of my own AMA, Corey. Um, where, uh, <laughs> we're going to archive this on Crypto Conversations, which is BitMart's podcast stream, so you can listen to it again and again and again and follow along with the website or Luna social media so that you have a full picture and you're fully prepared to Join the Discord or ask Corey a question or invest or, you know, come up, you know, maybe join the team later. Who knows? There's the, the possibilities are endless when you have the correct information. But since we have nothing left to discuss, Corey, I want to thank you for joining this AMA and wish you a good day. Thank you. You as well. Take care. All right, everybody. See ya. Hello to everybody out there in crypto Did you enjoy that conversation? I know that I did. It's always interesting to learn more about crypto projects, NFTs, and what is going on in this very unique industry. But now we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, all right? It's just the way that it is. So I wanted to let you know that all opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.